Welcome back, everyone. Uh, today, I'm joined by Kumbiraj Badza, the CEO and founder of Wedge Connect. Uh, so I have, a, I have a pension for making uh, hosts redundant by describing them when they're there. So I'll let Kumbiraj describe himself. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, so I'm Kumbiraj Badza, the founder and CEO of Wedge uh, Connect. I'm not one for titles, but uh, one for doing things. So Deutsche Connect is a German-based consultancy that links uh, sub-Saharan African businesses and people to the German business ecosystem. We do this through three key pillars, which are mainly knowledge transfer, uh, networking, as well as acceleration. So firstly, on the knowledge uh, side, we do mentorship, uh, entrepreneurship, tech developer, and German language courses. Uh, on the networking, we do business to business matchmaking. And on the Accelerate, we do access to market and partnerships. So we work with a lot of organizations within the ecosystem and we have a lot of partners and we always love collaborating. So in short, that is us. Yeah. Okay, so you, you just said quite a lot of things uh, there, but the one thing I'm curious about is how you ended up in Germany in the first place, because uh, in my mind, it's not really the destination of Zimbo. You know, Zimbo is usually Australia or England uh, where there's no language barrier. Exactly. I mean, uh, even me, I think two months before I came to Germany, I didn't know I was going to come to Germany. Or one month before I came to Germany, I, I didn't know. Unfortunately, there were, <clears throat> it was back in 2016 uh, with the... <clears throat> with the former government that was there and there were some problems because of where my wife used to work uh, within the opposition. So that was the reason we, why we had to move to Germany and I had to leave everything that I was doing and move to Germany. So yeah, I like like you said, uh, it's not common for people to move to Germany from Zimbabwe. So how did you navigate the, the language barrier aspect? Because um, if I remember correctly, German is it's not the easiest language to learn. I mean, it's not that different, uh, or it's different, but it's easier for if you're an English language speaker, but uh, it's quite a difficult language to learn. Uh, you know, maybe just a short story. I went to university in South Africa, the University of Kosovo Natal, and I spent four years there, but I don't speak Zulu up to now because all my friends were, were Zimbabweans, right. you know, or international students. Uh, but I have friends who, work, who were working in Joburg and they came there and at work you needed to speak uh, Kosa or Zulu, you know. So when you have to, you have to. It's a, it's a luxury not being able to speak the, the local language. And especially in a country like Germany, I mean, they, they speak English, but they value their own culture, their own language so much that if you don't speak the language, it's very difficult for you to integrate. Luckily for us, when we came here, there's also they also have a, a language courses that as soon as you get to Germany, they then put you through these language courses. So that's what happened. So yeah, it, 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 I mean, also learning when you're a bit older, it's a, it's a bit difficult, especially for men. But yeah, you, I, had to, <laughs> I had to, yes. I see. So, so the language courses, it starts from, from A1, right? Uh, German course A1 and then A2 and then what? Yes, A1, A2, uh, B1, up to C, C1 is like, then you're already at a level, university level in German. So yeah, basically for you to work as well, you need just B1. So this is also what drove me to start the German language classes in Zimbabwe, because I realized that there was that gap, you know, that people now are seeing Germany as a viable option for business opportunities, for uh, study, as well as even to make a living working in Germany. So I realized that people from Blueyo, uh, fortunately, knew about it a lot. But people from Harare did not know the whole of coming to Germany as an au pair or volunteer. So that's where we saw a gap. So being an entrepreneur, we had to take advantage of that gap as well. Yeah, because I'm familiar with the au pair program. I have a few friends who, who tried to apply for it and did the A1 and A2 course. And that's the only avenue I knew to getting into Germany because my uh, perception of Germany was that um, it was pretty difficult to get into the university system there. Um, so again, I, I guess what you said that people in Harare didn't know about it is because we then tended for destinations elsewhere like the England, the Australias, the Americas, et cetera, instead of looking at Germany as like a proper alternative because it, it is a tech hub, right? Like it's, it's not as, 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 as it appears, it's a pretty progressive country. 
Yes, uh, like with the German system now with the university, it's sort of like ironic. It's actually free or rather you pay about 200 euro per, per semester to learn in university in Germany, yeah? But when you are a foreign student now, you need to have a blocked account where they need about 10,000 euros in that account. Yeah. And this money is not for school fees, but this money is for your upkeep in Germany. So let's say you have someone who's in Germany and they, they can vouch and say, look, I'm going to look after this person or this person is going to stay with me in my, in my house. Then you don't need that uh, 10K. Okay. Then another way as well, just another tip, there are also other programs that you can do that don't necessarily need the 10K for you to first come to Germany. Then while you're here, then apply to, to be a student in the country. So, I mean, this is not, this is going off topic, but uh, it's just like, you know, people sometimes because of lack of information, they always think uh, it's so difficult, but yeah, there are ways that can be, that are there. Now to, yeah. get, you, to get you into the schooling system. Uh, so I think it'd actually be interesting to actually just take a little bit of a sidetrack towards the study, because I think a lot of people will be looking yes. at uh, Germany as an option. Um, when you know everything opens up again uh, if it does open up again um so i think let's just take a small detail and say okay what would you recommend to someone saying you know before we get into the business aspect of of, of germany of the study aspect what would you recommend them to be like yeah you know what before you go this is what you need to be looking at uh let's say they want to do accounting let's keep it simple uh accounting is not simple uh but what would you say these are the best destinations this is what you should be looking out for and you know, visa requirements and all that kind of stuff uh, look, Germany has got too many. I don't know how many investors. There are so many investors in Germany. Uh, what I can uh, recommend is that uh, people can also go on our, on our Deutsche Connect uh, Facebook page uh, or contact us because we have partners uh, like AG Career Hub. They are based in Germany and they have all this information, including the school, the, the scholarships that are there for free and the different kinds of programs that you can actually do if you're an English speaking person and you don't even need to do German for you to get into that program. But what I could uh, just advise for someone who's in Zimbabwe is that uh, quickly learn German, the German language as well because it's an advantage uh, for you if you come here for education. Like I said, the Germany, uh, I mean, is the is, is right now it's the biggest economy in Europe, the fourth in the fourth or third in the world, depending on how you look at it. And they are they've got a very aging population, so they are looking for people with skills, uh, IT skills, uh, people with technical skills, even the different uh, aspects of the economy. So you can also look at what is called Make It in Germany. It's a website uh, for anyone listening. Make It in Germany. It gives you the whole, you know, the whole structure. Uh, you can ask any question there, and they'll answer you. If you've got your A level results, or you want to, you are you are qualified. You want to know, do you can you come as a skilled immigrant? You put in your information, and they've got a chatbot that replies you instantly. So, I mean, I don't want to go too much into depth because I'm not so qualified in that sense. But we have partners, like I said, AG Career Hub, uh, or even just simply if you go to the Deutsche Connect website, it will link you to those, uh, to the opportunities available. So, yeah, I think de definitely going forward, Germany is a very, very uh, good destination for those that want to come and learn. Also, as Deutsche Connect, we have... Uh, a partnership with SRH Berlin University. Uh, this is more towards those who want to do entrepreneurship as well as those who want to who are in energy programs. So we have this partnership where we can be able to bring uh, students or entrepreneurs, solar entrepreneurs for uh, about eight weeks camp. Uh, currently because of the coronavirus, that's not possible, but it's also something I wanted to highlight that, yeah, we also have university partnerships ongoing now. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I will leave the links to everything in the description so uh, whoever's listening and whoever's interested can actually take a look at them. Uh, I think that'll be pretty useful uh, if you're trying to look at Germany as an alternative for, you know, your, your, your next education destination. So just swinging into entrepreneurship, you touched on it with, uh, with the partnership you have to bring um, um, students over or people over for a six-week camp. Um, how did that start? Like you arrived in 2016, right? And you were an entrepreneur by trade. So how did you find it first getting into the system and then trying to, you know, uh, figure your way around? Well, well, I was an entrepreneur by trade because 
uh, I studied law, politics, and philosophy. But after I finished university, I went back to Zimbabwe in 2009, 2008, I think. Then uh, I briefly worked for the Zimbabwe Youth Council in Zimbabwe. That was during the time where, you know, the government, I think uh, my Juru was the vice president, and we had these youth loans. So I was one of the people there that I was working in the media department communication, and I was also uh, writing for youths in terms of what they needed to do to get the loans. So I also learned a lot about our system in the way people were giving those 5,000 US dollars, but most of them abused that uh, they bought cars. They never did anything to do with the business. So for me, I remember when uh, Kemp said that they were discontinuing is it all which of our camps? Camps say that they were discontinuing the fund because people didn't pay back. I was so hurt because I realized that if people had done what they were meant to do with that money, things could have been different for the younger generation, you know. So sometimes we blame government, but also we need to blame ourselves as people for the mistakes we make. So after that, I we then did uh, my own boss. Uh, television reality show, uh, which we were given the franchise in 2012 to 2013. Uh, I don't know if people remember when Philip Chianko was the anchor for that show. It was me, myself, myself Smanga Joe, and Pride Mafed, two other, two other uh, colleagues. We ran that show for that year. So after that, we, we started a company called Zimbo, which <laughs> right now is, is being talked about from the from the tourism sector, but we started that Zimbo. It was sort of like a feel good feeling about being Zimbabwean, you know. Then from then on, from Zimbo, we uh, we opened uh, something meaty, an online uh, marketplace for people who wanted to buy meat for their relatives in the diaspora. So that is when I then had that's when I left Zimbabwe. So for the for the six years prior to me coming here, I was an entrepreneur. So when I came here, uh, bruh. You start from the bottom, you know, it's from the bottom. So, so, but one thing that I always had in my head was that I'm an entrepreneur and uh, God is a, a way of doing things. Who thought I was going to be in Germany? But I came to Germany at a time where Germany was now going into Africa through what they call the Marshall Plan for Africa. Everyone was now talking about Africa as the next big market, you know. So what I did, and this is something that I think is very important to any young person listening there. I volunteered for an organization called Afrolink, of which Afrolink is like the biggest uh, impact venture for Afrocentric businesses between Europe and Africa. So I just went to Afro, I wrote them an email. Uh, they said, look, we don't have a job, we can't pay you. I said, it's okay, I want to be a volunteer. So I volunteered for about eight months, no pay, nothing, but working every day, you know, up to a point where the boss said, look, we see value in what you're doing. You, you went to university, you did this, you did that. Okay, we're offering you a job as the ecosystems manager. So that's how I got into the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Germany now with a title. So I then worked for two years uh, within this role as ecosystem uh, manager for Afrolink. What did it mean? It meant I was the point person in terms of doing partnerships for Afrolink in Africa and in Europe, not just in Germany. So it meant my network became so big. People used to call me, you know, decision makers. I was now dealing with decision makers. But at the back of my mind, I'd also told the boss, my boss Moses Aqua before that, my vision was also always to have a company that links Southern African people to Germany because I felt that most of the investment from the German side is going to West Africa and East Africa. It's also because of the colonial history, although Germany was in Namibia, but you find that people from West Africa and East Africa, Kenya especially, they came to Germany a long time ago, maybe 60, 70 years ago, you know, and Southern Africa, not so much. So I felt that there was a big gap and a big disparity between the, the, the two regions of Africa. So that's how I found the Deutsche Connect in my brain about two years ago, even though I was still working for AfroLink. Yes. So, so you Afrolink, you were Afrolink for a bit, and then Deutsche Connect then came about. So you use obviously you use the obviously expertise and and all the things you learned with Afrolink to then implement things, but they were focused to Southern Africa for for Deutsche Connect, right? Uh, yes and no. I think Afrolink gave me the net the German network, but surprisingly, you know, I want to tell someone out they just keep on doing what you. Sometimes your hustle is not paid overnight, you know. Shama, in Zimbabwe, we did a lot of things. 
big deals. We could have been millionaires in US dollars in Zimbabwe, but sometimes the deal doesn't complete. The circle doesn't complete, you know? So, but all this hard work, I had been trained uh, in the school of hard knocks, in the streets of Harare, doing deals, you know, boys no figure, my shirts, my jeans, it was us, you know. Yeah. So, and for a long time, we did this. For three, four years, we're doing this, trying, hustling, but sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't work not because of you, but just because somewhere along the line, there's someone who's corrupt or there's someone, the system is not working, you know. So now imagine you've been hustling like that. Then you come to a system that actually works if you hustle, you know. I want to give it, it's just like being a football player. Then you grow up uh, in Africa, you're playing maybe the dusty roles, but you are playing well. Then you get to a position whereby you're at a club now where everything is just there. You don't even think about what you're going to eat. You don't even think about what you're going to wear. Everything is there. Mm. This is me putting this into an entrepreneurship perspective. Mm. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, you, you don't have to worry about a lot. Therefore, you can actually now focus on your craft. Like, you can now pretty exactly. much focus on, I'm going to be doing this only. Everything else is kind of sort of taken care of, although it obviously costs money. So with Afrolink, since, since it's one of the biggest hubs for 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 Africa and Europe, um, how's Deutsche Connect figuring into that? Because um, we'll start with the with the with the matchmaking aspect of of, of Deutsche Connect. So how do you uh, identify startups in Southern Africa, Zimbabwe, and then match them to the appropriate hubs or accelerators in um, in Germany or Europe? Well, with Afrolink, uh, they have uh, they talk about innovate, connect, and accelerate, uh, which is still the buzzword for most people in the industry. So with Innovate is again, I think the first point of call is to teach people. So what we did as Afrolink, we launched together with Deutsche Connect, we had the program called Factory 24, which is an online learning platform whereby uh, young people across Africa can learn entrepreneurship, tech development, uh, uh, get apprenticeships with uh, Make IT Alliance, German based uh, tech companies. Then, so this, we did this, and I'm happy to say that not because of myself, but because of the people from Zimbabwe that came through, we had Zimbabweans being the majority of the people that came onto the Affected 24 platform. We trained over 2,000 people in Zimbabwe. We had two graduations. Whereas the rest of Africa, it was maybe 1,500, you know. And one of the ladies uh, who started as a, as a student, uh, Tofara, she's the head of Tofara Online. In Africa. So, which was a very good, uh, and that put Africa, that put Zimbabwe on the map in Germany, because like I said, Afrolink is very big. So a lot of people now from Germany, they were all saying, oh, where's Zimbabwe? And they saw the graduations, they saw the type of entrepreneurs that were coming out from Zimbabwe as well. So for me, in terms of business, business matchmaking, what I've realized that in Zimbabwe, most of our people or entrepreneurs, we lack some basic things. We have the ideas, but there are some basics that are just like keeping time. If it's nine o'clock, it must be nine o'clock, you know, that kind of thing. So those are things that come through mentorship, come through knowledge sharing. So I, I think that we need to train our people our young people, our entrepreneurs, to a level whereby they don't just think from a local perspective, they think from a global perspective. You know, we believe in uh, make local solutions for global, like local, the, 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 the place that is going around local. So that the moment they think like that, then they're already above where they are. You know, so that makes it easier now because also what you don't want, you can go to people this end, companies, organizations, hubs, and say, look, I want to connect people from Zimbabwe business to business. And they can say, okay, they give you a chance. But if the people that you connect, if their profiles now, they don't stand up, next time you won't get the second chance. So it's just like now you find a young person, they call me, uh, I want to be connected to the German market. Okay, what are you doing? I'm doing this. Okay, what's your website? I don't have a website. So already we can't continue talking because how do they verify you? Because people, especially in Germany, they want things that are straight. They want things that they can follow through. They want the paper with the paper trail. So they need to see your website. They need to see who's in the organization. What have you been doing? They don't like people who just talk. 
they want action with the talk as well. So that's I'm just giving an example. So that's one of the challenges that we've had, but that's what we've been doing now. We've been teaching a lot of entrepreneurship courses. We also do even investor readiness courses for those that want to, to speak to investors because we believe that it's just not business to business engagement. First of all, are you at a level for you to be talking to someone at an international level as well? So I'm also happy I've seen the programs that like ZimTrade is doing with Eagles Nest. Uh, we also work together with Bank APC with the Ignition Hub. Uh, we also work together with Old Mutual uh, 8, to, uh, 8 to 5 Hub. So I think going forward, we will have a crop of young entrepreneurs from Zimbabwe that will definitely get into the German ecosystem. So the, the message is basically, guys, uh, get your digital channels. Uh, aligned so it's easier for them to then uh, communicate with you but on, on to more you know, like a, a personal standpoint what things have you had to teach um in terms of approach um in terms of a business model design in terms of you know all the things that make uh something appealing to the german to the german startup ecosystem okay i think we work a lot with the business uh, model canvas mm. We work a lot in terms of um, how to pitch to investors. This sort of structure, like I said, Germans, they don't like your business plan. You know, it's like that's what the business model covers is easier because it's uh, it's sort of in what in point form. People don't like all those big business plans that are three, four, five pages, six pages. Because as startups, one thing we also have to realize is that uh, there is no, these are just projections. It might not actually happen. The majority of uh, startups actually fail. That is a given. So sometimes people don't want to spend so much time reading so much. But what they always ask is, where is the, what is, what is your product? Who is your client? Is your client willing to pay for that product or service? You know, those are things that are, for me, it, uh, it, coming from where we come from, we don't really think a lot about that. We think about, I have a product then I concentrate on my product. But no, it's not about my product. It's about, is there a market for your product? Who's going to pay money for your product? And does your product, which pain point is it solving? So those are kind of things that uh, I've gone from, like you asked, uh, I've gone through two courses, uh, one in Lit Hub uh, in Hamburg. It's a, it's a hub. Then also Berlin Startup uh, school, which I'm happy to say I'm now uh, part of the alumni and they've made me their migrant ambassador, meaning that we are going to be launching uh, a course, a similar course that I did. It's a three-month program from ideation to investor readiness. And you, you, they teach you like the, you know, they've got different experts who come in every week. Then after that, you also have tools, some of the tools that probably people have and people might not know or might not have used some of them are even tools that uh, some startups in Germany are still trying, you know, so they are free tools. But I tell you, these tools can just change things from, from you uh, in, in simple ways. Uh, I'll give also, I can't speak about all of them, but I can give you some of the links going forward that people can also just go and check. In. But what's more important about this is that we are now partnering. We were going to be giving uh, startups in Africa the opportunity to do the same program but at a very subsidized uh, price. So um, something I've been working on behind the scenes and I'm looking forward to it because trust me, this just changes your business or it scales your business to another level because just the people that you'll be learning with, the network, they, these are startups maybe that have raised already millions of, of euros. Then you find within the alumni, you always find some who want to do business in Africa or some who are looking for people from Africa because you also... The, the, the German society, the German economy, it does not have any more space. So they need to look for new markets, even for their products, goods and services. So you find now that a lot of people are looking towards Africa. So because of that link that we already doing business in Africa, we found a lot of connections. So this is something I think uh, to look forward to in terms of uh, th that kind of linkage as well. Okay. So just just a small sidetrack. I'm, I'm a bit blind when it comes to the imprint that German has in, in that Germany has in Zimbabwe, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm well aware of, of, of Namibia because I have, I, have, I have friends in Namibia who tell me of German companies that come to invest, the German government rolling out programs and such. So um, in that, in this time, well, in the time you've been in Germany, what, what sort of um, 
links and initiatives have been held, you know, not, not necessarily with startups, but in business in general between Germany and Zimbabwe? Okay. Uh, this, this is also something that's embarrassing for me because uh, Zimbabwe and Germany actually don't have a bilateral government-to-government agreement. Despite the fact that we have an embassy in Germany and the Germans have an embassy in Zimbabwe, so now this also has a, uh, an effect on the on the trade or the business arrangement because whereas they, they right now they have the GIZ uh, which is an extension of the German government it's an organization that's in Zimbabwe, but the GIZ in other countries it supports entrepreneurs, young people in projects and things like that. In Zimbabwe, it, it only supports good governance programs, you see? Mm. So already our young people are supposed to be benefiting, but they can't because we don't have a bilateral agreement between the two countries. However, we always look for opportunities. We also work with what uh, the SA German Chamber of Commerce. German Chamber of Commerce is based in, in South Africa, but it has it, it is for South Africa, Zimbabwe, the whole Southern African region. Uh, we are already planning... Uh, an event together, a mining uh, in Daba in May, where we're going to get Zimbabwean miners, uh, Zimbabwean, uh, what do you call this, everyone in the ecosystem mining together with the German side. It's something that uh, I don't know if it's happened before, but from the German side, they've always been wanting, like, they have uh, people who are suppliers and all that who also want to get into the Zimbabwean market. So that's one thing. Uh, secondly, we also work with what Signorin Expert and Services. We've been working with uh, Mr. Bekimpilo Nkomo. He's based in Blawayo. And we're going to be having an, another event in the agriculture sector together with our ambassador, Mr. John Chenje, who was who's one of the most known young farmers in Zimbabwe, whereby Signorin Expert and Service, what they do, they come to your place of business for 21 days and you just pay them a basic $10 a day and they stay where you stay, eat what you eat, but they take you through what you need to improve in your business. And this is a German expert who's coming from Germany. So it's more like a give back organization that is being run by the German Mittelstand. So imagine, so before they come uh, beforehand, you write what you need and what assistance you need as a company. So imagine getting an expert, maybe you are, which field can I, maybe you're in agriculture, you have an expert who's worked for a company like Bayer, Bayer, that they know everything and he stays by your place of residence for 21 days and you're just paying 210 US dollars for that how it changes your company, how it changes everything for you. So these are the kind of partnerships that we've been able to, to strike and go away. Unfortunately, the COVID situation was the one that also stopped what, we, what we've been doing. But like I said, like I pointed out, the Banka EPC Ignition Hub, we already started a partnership with them. It's already ongoing. Uh, in terms of creating market uh, linkages to Germany, we've already been uh, two of the Zim, Zim, Zim Trade uh, Eagles Nest uh, contestants. One of them, uh, Glide Time Foods, we are already finding market for them in Germany as well. Okay. So, yeah, some of them I can't, uh, I can't preempt as well because they are not yet done deals. We are still negotiating. But I can, I can give you an example like uh, Glide Time. Uh -huh. And I'll always keep on the example for Swips Mazoe. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, uh, just going back a little bit, um, since it seems like we have to go through South Africa, since the hub is in South Africa, um, for Africa, uh, I don't know if it's possible on your end to do, but have you approached uh, any German authorities to try and create a more direct link uh, with Zimbabwe? I know this is fanciful, wishful thinking, but it's just from a Zimbabwean perspective, but I don't know, you're there. Uh, are they approachable to be like, yeah, can we, you know, at least try to engage the Zimbabwean authorities to allow, you know, um, for some sort of relationship, a formal relationship between the two governments in terms of business? Well, I think these are things above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, look, uh, I mean, I also am in contact with the embassy in, in Germany, the Zimbabwean embassy. Mm -hmm. They've also been supportive to things that I've been doing. So I think they know more. I mean, what we're trying to do, you know, the, the good thing about being entrepreneurs and startups uh, you don't let uh, policy, government policy stop you, you know. We, we should also try to change government policy by making them follow through from what we would have done. 
So these all organizing these mining endeavors, these agricultural tools, the ecosystem tools that we're doing, it's for people in governance to see value, you know, to say, oh, wow, we didn't know that if we engage the Germans, this is what happened. Because imagine with uh, mining is our, our number one export as, as a whole. Imagine Germany makes the, the, the number one machine makers in the world, the number one equipment makers. Imagine now with this whole COVID situation, Germany is at the number one suppliers in terms of medicine across the world, in terms of pioneering all these things. Imagine if we could just create, have these things coming to, to Zimbabwe. I tell you, you look at countries like Rwanda, you look at countries like Kenya, Uganda, they have changed because they've been German funded. The KFW, which right now Germany is funding German uh, companies and in incentivizing them to do business in Africa under what they call the Marshall Plan for Africa. So it's also something that um, we are small, but we are trying to, to make them see the opportunities that are there in Zimbabwe. I'm happy last year there's one Zimbabwean who was involved in a program uh, with Melanin Capital. It's, a, it's an investment firm. And initially, when that person applied, uh, the people who were involved from the German side were not so, uh, not so eager to work with the Zimbabwean startup because they said, how oh, was Zimbabwe, you know? And at the end, they then told me as a Zimbabwean to say, look, these guys here from Zimbabwe, they were the best of all the, the, the batch that we had. So we are all ambassadors of Zimbabwe in whatever we do. If we go out there and we do our best and we get noticed, then people also start noticing about Zimbabwe as well. So yeah, I'm just happy I had to add that as well. Okay. So uh, we'll have to keep our fingers crossed that the authorities can see, uh, you know, to the viability of relations with, with European governments in terms of building ecosystems in the country. So back to things that we can actually control. Um, we talked about ideation. Uh, <laughs> we talked about ideation, uh, getting the idea right, making, making sure a startup knows that, you know, you're probably going to fail, but it's worth trying. Um, but you need to get your business plan in order. So we go to the next one, which is incubation, right? Um, um, in, in, in because ideation, incubation, acceleration. So, what is yeah. what is Deutsche Connect or Deutsche Connect Afrolinks uh, do in that respect? Uh, in that respect, this is where okay. What we do with Factory Twenty Four? Factory Twenty Four starts with someone who doesn't even have an idea. Okay. Then we we tell you what about what is what is entrepreneurship. Yeah. Mm. Then you can start having your idea. You then graduate to someone who now has an idea. And I'm talking now, we sometimes we reach out to my sisters, and she's selling at a local scale. She doesn't even have a WhatsApp group for what she's doing. She doesn't even have a Facebook page. So you teach her things like she doesn't have a logo. Then you, you do a logo for her. You start teaching her the business skills. You need to register a company. You need to market your business. I mean, sometimes it's already marketing a business your own way, but you're now teaching her how to scale, but making a business uh, a formal business. Okay. Then from there, we then take entrepreneurs to startups because it's also different between an entrepreneur and a startup. Then we take the entrepreneur to now scale up into being a startup. And this now involves, uh, in terms of when talking to entrepreneurs, we have just a group mentorship where they are mentored by uh, maybe they're a group of 50 undergoing the program, then one uh, expert comes every week and teaches them different things. But now when we go to entrepreneurs who are going to startups, we now have more one-on-one -on -one mentorship programs where what we have done is having diaspora Africans uh, taking the role of giving back to the continent by mentoring young entrepreneurs want to move to startups. Why diaspora Africans? Because we want, also want them to naturally create market linkages already. So that is one thing they do. One important, uh, we are now also focusing on things like your mindset, your prototype, uh, teams and partnerships, uh, USP, and your KPIs, things that ordinarily, they've always been there in the, in the business plan. But we want to remove them from being just things that are written in a business plan, but actioning them in a real life situation. But we can't do everything because we are not on, in Africa as well. So the most important thing is collaboration. So that is why we also work with different hubs in Africa. That is why we also work with different uh, programs that are ongoing in Africa. That way, we are not just uh, trying to do everything 
but we are also supporting and creating synergies with things that are already ongoing on the continent. Because uh, lastly, another problem is that you want to come from Germany or from Europe and start putting things that you're doing here in Africa. It doesn't fit like that. You have to fit into what is happening in Africa. Okay. So just your earlier comment about entrepreneurship and startups. So yeah, there's a difference. Uh, uh, just yeah. for anyone listening who didn't know, entrepreneurship kind of refers to every, every new business. So your, your self-employed business uh, that, you know, intended to become or will become registered, but a startup refers to a new business that is intended to grow beyond the scale of the, the solo owner. So it's now looking more at it. Yeah, we're, we're trying to scale this business up just so anyone who might have been thinking about the difference because for a long time, I thought it was the same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> uh, same year, same year. <laughs> yeah. So um, you talked about hubs, um, uh, the hubs you partnered with um, or that, you know, you want to, bring people into uh what what sort of partnership do you have let's say in germany um the ones you can speak of and the ones in in, in zimbabwe africa etc uh, okay so so in germany uh there's one the lead hub it's it's in hamburg it's mostly for for migrants who are people who are not from germany it's uh i mean because you talked about the language barrier i remember mm. Uh, so sometimes it's difficult for you to speak the German language in, from a business sense. Uh, that takes a longer time. So they give you the opportunity to teach you the business, German business language. But at the same time, you can also speak in English. At the same time, you're also integrating into the society. So these were our first principal partners. This is where I did my first initial course with them. It's also important to continue learning, doing these courses, because that's how you create your network as well. So right now we are partnering with them in uh, continuously training uh, migrants or new people who are coming to Germany who want to do businesses. Uh, Berlin Startup School, it's in the heart of Berlin. Uh, they have like the young, you know, when we talk about startups, uh, these are real startups. These are people that are, they tell you, look up in my edition, the way they have co-founders, maybe they're a team of three, four, and usually most of these people are tech developers, you know, and they are so the, what it for me for someone who's from Zimbabwe or from Africa, what they benefit from being with this uh, group or this alumni is that you already get people who are very who are experts within the tech developers tech developer sector, and then the, you can you can easily be able. You don't need to look for a CTO because for most of us in Africa, what I've realized because tech development is still coming up. Most of us are more of the idea guys, uh, but not technical. But for a startup now, in this day and age, you need a technical person. There's no two ways about it. I know we have success stories of people who are very technical, who are making it, but I know a lot of my young brothers and sisters out there, they've got great ideas, but these ideas need to be digitalized. They need a CTO. So this was something that I'm really keen on working on in terms of getting through the hubs, through, let's say, your, you talked about which partnership do we have in Africa. We have, I, I mean, we always start at home. I talked about the Bank APC Ignition Hub. Um, talked about eight to five uh, old mutual hub as well, whereby we are trying to see from those that they already have uh, incubating or accelerating from the, how can we then be able to give them the market linkage? How can we then be able to give them the business to business engagement from the German side, taking them from a local solution to a global solution? So it's too early days. I think one mistake that I learned that I had done, I tried to spread, we tried to spread ourselves uh, to too much, you know. Uh, South Africa, you're in Rwanda, you're having meetings in Uganda. So it was too many, too much. So yeah. one of my mentors then told me, look, for now, concentrate, be small. Okay, start with Zimbabwe, start with Southern Africa, you know. Then do something solid there. Then begin to grow from that. So I've humbled myself. <laughs> and that now I've gone back home to the ground to the so I've been really been working hard with the bank APC guys. I mean, we with blessing Mudenge, especially from that end. So yeah, those are the partnerships that we I also talked about SRH Berlin, the partnership yeah, yeah. we have SRH Berlin. We also have a partnership with a Berlin partner. Huh. We're, lo we're looking for startups that want to that want to be registered in Berlin, that want to do their to say their businesses are are domiciled in Berlin. And these guys, they give you advice and information for free. Okay. So if you also want to have your student registered in, in Germany, 
you can also contact us and we'll uh, connect you to the people that uh, do that for free. Okay. So curious about that. How, how, what kind of advantages are there? So I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking as, as a layman here. What kind of advantages would you have for your startup you registered in Berlin? Uh, I mean, if, let's say if it comes to tenders from an EU perspective, or let's say even it comes to, to customers or getting to market, having a Berlin address, I mean, automatic, automatically gives you more street creed than having a Harari address. No, no offense <laughs> No offense meant to anyone. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just gives you more credibility, so to speak. But also, it's not easy now uh, to have that. Uh, I mean, it's not just for any startup. They, there are certain things that they need to know about your business. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not too well versed, but I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm someone who works in, for them in terms of uh, getting people to go to their offices or ask them how they can be able to to register there. One thing I'd forgotten, uh, we also have the access to markets. This is something that we are really working hard on, whereby if you have your product and you want to have it in German, we have, uh, we've been doing this now for the past three months. Uh, our first initial clients were in Namibia and South Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to say that Zimbabwe, we have two clients. We have a German partner we are working with in bringing um, African products, goods, into German, but these products and goods, uh, they need one, they need to have a story behind them. Okay. Uh, they need to show that they are sustainable. Uh, the business is also sustainable. Mm-hmm. And obviously they need to be up to the levels that are needed in the EU. So for someone listening, you can ask the same trade people, they will tell you the EU levels or the EU standards that you need to, to have. But yes, if you have your product and you think it qualifies in the German market, uh, we challenge you to bring it to us. Okay, so I'll, I'll tackle what you said in, in, two, in two points. I'll say the first part is, so obviously having, you know, your startup registered in, in Germany um, gives you credibility and they're doing it for free, right? So is it initially for free? And then there are payments or upkeep that needs to be done after that. And in the, well, you said you went first, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, what other, you know, advantages? Because, for example, in Zimbabwe, we have payment issues in terms of dealing with payments companies and, you know, exactly, exactly. Like that. So does that sort of facilitate you to have that? Can you open bank accounts in Germany, et cetera, to be able to, you know, um, and more so and more importantly, how does this position yourself with the authorities? Because in Zim, it's not the, you know, it's not easy to, you know, to transition from, or not transition, but to operate um, multinationally, if that's even a word, um, because it's not it's not really encouraged. So, how does the the how like how do you overcome those challenges? And you know, what other added benefits are there with with, with registering in Germany? I think uh, these guys. Uh, maybe let me take you from their point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. What these guys are doing, they're just like Harare City Council and. Okay. Then Harare City Council has a business department that is actually functional, you know. Uh-huh. Then, so what they then do is they they market the brand of Harare or the brand, or in this case, they are, they are marketing the brand of Berlin. Okay. So they still have a lot of office space available. They also want to make it, you know, multicultural. They also want to make it diversified. They also want to make it the hub of the world in terms of business. You know, okay. it's sort of like what used to happen when when, when the business had a London address. You know, okay. it's it, it it does something for your for your for your company. Uh, to going back to your point now, when you say what does this mean from a Zimbabwe point, yeah, it might be tricky in that sense, but. Look, I don't want to go into too much politics. I'm just thinking from a startup perspective, okay. it's, it's, it actually benefits you at the end of the day because business is now global. Uh-huh. Because remember, there are some markets that you're not able to attract because you're based in Zimbabwe. But if you then send your product to your German address, let's say you, you are doing mushroom, then your, your mushroom is being done in Zimbabwe, but you're packaging it in German. Okay with your German company now, because they actually give you an option to say, uh, is the German company a freelancer? Or that's sort of like different types of names that you, so the, the German company can just be an agent of your own company okay. with the same name. So now you are selling to yourself or sending the product to your German company. Then when you're now selling your product, it's now being packaged from Germany and maybe even going back to, do you know that, uh, for example, a lot of people, uh, uh, fruits 
uh, so uh, bought from Africa, then go to Netherlands, package in Netherlands, then sold back to Africa. Really? That's yes. That's that's sort of the that's sort of the thing that will be happening. So I think I I, I think uh, I'll send the links. Then people can. I also don't want to lie, so <laughs> that people can also be able to read for themselves all the full. If I didn't really uh, look too much into it myself, because I I mean I, I'm since I'm already here. But I thought, well, it was always something. And they are very, very big on it, especially they're looking for female founders as well. Okay. They go under, there's a hashtag that's called Fempreneurship that's ongoing. And they're a big part of that movement as well to bring as many female founders into Berlin as possible. Okay. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll be looking forward to those links because that'll be interesting to see what actual benefits lie in place and all the... The, the loopholes yeah. to jump through, especially on this side, because this side is probably going to be the issue. But I'm sure there it's yeah. not that much of a problem. Um, when it went, but just as long as your business is, you know, above board. Um, so then I mean, we can we can actually we can also invite them. Uh, okay. Can invite them to talk to you as well. I mean, it's something that I think we can be able to organize, not just for links, but actually for them to really come and uh, also speak uh, about their product to your viewers as well. That's, yeah, I'd actually enjoy that because that, that'll be pretty interesting to see uh, what... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so back to Deutsche Connect. I know we're taking a lot of detours, but it all makes sense because it all leads oh. to better business. Yeah. <laughs> if it does make sense, it's okay then. <laughs> all right. So with Deutsche Connect, um, we, we did ideation, incubation, acceleration. Um, uh, is this something that was related to... Uh, Afrolinks's uh, uh, hubs that uh, Afrolinks's program that was done last year, when you know, you know, they get these startups to go and show their their, their products and services in order yes. for them to attract attention. Yes, um, that was. I mean, it was a great event. Um, I'm happy that we successfully did it because we were also scared with the COVID situation. It was one of the first, uh, you know, uh, virtual events mm-hmm. at such a level. Mm-hmm. And one one take I can give to people on that is that. Uh, I know people want to travel and meet, but what these virtual events give you as well is that it's cheaper and you can also attract the best speakers because they don't need to travel to come to your event, you know. I mean, we had Fusi Temba Choir. That was like a big, a big thing for even for me personally, you know. But I'm sure it was going to be difficult to have Fusi to ask him to make time to leave South Africa and come here for the for the same event, you know. Yeah. So what what we do for that event now? It's uh, it's, it's usually a, a one week event whereby selected startups apply from Africa, then selected startups are chosen, then they put their profiles through, then we also take their profiles to German companies uh, and European companies who would like to network or discuss more with these startups. Then afterwards, we also have a high-level high delegation speakers, and also they also get uh, two days of workshops uh, from investor readiness uh, with also companies like Airbus, uh, Facebook, big companies from Germany, uh, advising them and just showing them the ecosystem and how things work. So the main uh, take from this, uh, I mean, we sometimes in Africa, we uh, these things happen over a long, long time. But the first point of all, like I said, is the mentorship, is the network. Because uh, because of these events, you're able to talk to someone who's uh, leading a fund, maybe that's a million million euro fund or billion euro fund, and you're just asking for, sometimes they say don't ask for money, ask for, for knowledge or skills, impartation, and the person will give you money, you know. So that is also important. So I think the, the acceleration comes in terms of the networks that are created, but there are also a lot of funding opportunities. I want to also tell people to go to it's called leverage.de they are also our partners they're an extension of the german government so if you go on their leverage.de platform you find that they you can be able to sell your products and goods and services to over people in over 60 countries there are also over 5,000 businesses that are registered there. But more importantly, you get uh, all the information on the funding, different funding opportunities that are available from the German government and German government agencies. So you find that there are some funding for agriculture, there are funding for innovators, there are funding for IT people, there are funding for 
skilled um, skilled or craftsmen some a lot of them zimbabweans won't uh, won't fall under them because some are country specific but there are others that are just general in terms of young people in africa as well if you also go on on our twitch connect uh, page uh, what you call this website they are also there most of these uh, links as well all right i'll be leaving the links in the description so i'm pretty sure there are a lot of uh, startups that are pretty advanced that are looking for you know uh, a way to step out and a way to get funding um yeah. so just circling back to afrolens so you said you know they usually say don't ask for money but part of an accelerator program beyond networking is obviously the funding aspect because um for someone with a really good idea who's built you know uh, a really good product it works it, it's got scalability um it's, it's meeting an actual need um how has AfroLens been able to, you know, address them to getting, or, you know, Deutsche Connect, um, I should say, uh, getting them into the right rooms with the right people to be able to get the right funding, if it's not funding, or I guess in this sense, funding is the most important thing, but um, yeah. how, how does Deutsche Connect connect those people to, to the people that can then elevate their product to the next level? Uh, okay. Now we have uh, funding partners. Uh, we have... Uh, an organization called uh, African uh, Advisors who have a fund that they, for German investors who are, want to go to Africa. We have uh, Melanin Capital. They are also into funding African startups. These are more private funding as opposed to funding from the government or government agencies. So these are our two key partners in, in that sense. So... The unfortunate part, and this is uh, one thing that has been a problem, most of our young people, they want this investment. They, someone tells you I want 1 million, but they can't even pay 500 for to be connected to that. You know, So it's, it's, you, you need to use money to make money as well. So I understand people have uh, issues in terms of people lie to them or cheat them, but how do you expect someone just to make 1 million for you, you know, without you paying anything? That's for me, it's a bit absurd. Uh, secondly, they are project based. I, I just want to talk about the startups. I also want to talk about bigger projects where we have, if someone has a big project and they need an investor in that project, uh, once we agree on our fees, we then bring in investors because there's also the KFW from the German side. And I work with a, with a gentleman uh, from Ghana, originally uh, Dr. Osei Mensa. Uh, we work together in doing this uh, funding for big projects whereby the investor comes from the German side and but we just need all the paperwork from the Zimbabwean side to be on or to be spot on. We actually did uh, something from this and this is another problem that we have in Africa where we did something uh, on a way to mouth basis whereby we we trusted the Zimbabwean partner. It was an energy product pro, uh, project. Then they were supposed to pay us initially, but they they didn't. They they talked about all things about Zimbabwean economy, the market, money is transfer, a lot of words. Then we that was the mistake we made. We felt sorry for them. Then we said it's okay. We did the work two months down the line. When the investor now comes, he's supposed to put in the five million into the company. They are supposed to pay us a fee again for what we had done. Then they say, look, let the investor put the money in my account, then we'll give you the, your money. So my partner refused on a point of principle. You know, that's not how you do business. So this is another also problem. We still, I think it's actually in Zimbabwe. People in Zimbabwe don't like paying, even when they're supposed to pay. So it's something that people also have to look at. But yeah, investors are there. But I think it's also important that you have the correct paperwork from your end. Then you also pay upfront for you to get the investor. Okay, that's actually good advice because, you know, like you said before, yeah. you need to spend money to make money. Um, and yes. again, being prompt with payments, being prompt with time, respecting time is another big thing because I'm, yes. I have a friend from Germany who, yeah, if you said eight o'clock, yeah, it's pretty yeah. much eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it should be a German stereotype. I think everywhere else in the world, I think if you say we're going to have yeah. a at this time, it's, it has it's just, to, that's, yeah, yeah it's very important. Point. Yeah. 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 Right. So now we've, we've spoken about uh, acceleration and funding. So how can, you know, obviously the Deutsche Connect website is is, um, is one way that people can, can get in contact with you. And I'll leave the links, of course, in the description. But I'm curious as to 
what kind of startups Deutsche Connect wants to link with the most. Let's say you have your pick of five fields that you think um, would do well with German investors or with European investors, or five fields that you think should be explored. So I think the question is in two parts. Um, five industries or startup or five startups in, in certain industries that you think will do well in Germany and five areas that you think should be explored in Africa, Zimbabwe to attract German investment or European investment. Okay, uh, I'm a bit confused, but I'll try. Okay, let me start with the ones that I think uh, startup, startups in Africa should look for investment in Germany for. Some uh, fintech, uh, agri, agri tech or agri business, uh, health tech or health business, tourism. It's, this is controversial, especially with the COVID situation. Yeah. But I feel that uh, a lot of Germans now, because the, uh, Corona, uh, COVID is not as bad in Africa or in Zimbabwe as it is in Germany. So a lot of people would rather travel now because people, they're not even allowed to travel within the country, you know. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of people now who would rather go for longer holidays out of Germany. Yeah. So I think tourism is also going to be one. Then also edutech. Yes. Uh, okay. Logistics as well. It's a it's a big it's a big uh, it's a big field. Uh, but yeah, all the techs, tech, 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 tech. I mean, we've now changed from agriculture to agri tech, uh, from healthcare to health tech. You know, it has to have a tech aspect to 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 what you're doing, and it also has to have uh, a digital platform whereby the 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 customer can pay online. I think that is one of the biggest things. So the second part of your question was, where do I think people should invest in from this end? No, I mean, uh, I was saying, uh, the first question was, uh, which startups would Deutsche Connect be looking into, like be interested in? Um, so I think- you So that's the one you answered. Yeah, that's one you answered. Yes. So which- then the second The second one is, um, which I hope I can remember this correctly, uh, which startups um, or which five industries do you think will do well? I think we just changed the question. Will do well uh, in, in, in Germany or five, uh, five uh, departments that, you know, investors not even needing uh, or someone, a mediator would actually see the, the utility of. I think agriculture, uh, I think energy in Africa, I think infrastructure development and I think fintech and lastly health is going to be a big issue now I mean it's already a big issue it's a big because of the COVID situation yeah. and now people I mean we've also realized now even in Africa that we need to help our health systems we can't be dependent on others yeah. we need to start uh, making sure that we have the latest technology and things like that so these are industries that yeah these are the ones that I really think that are going to with mining uh, it's sort of like already it's dominated by big players so it's difficult for smaller players to be involved as compared to these ones, who, which can all have uh, startups or innovators who can take them to the next level. Okay, so makes sense. Uh, on, on, the, on the health front, especially, I think education and e-commerce as well are you know, uh, going to be yeah. a pivotal points, especially in Zim, because yeah, it's one of those places that, that um, has a lot of potential, but then with Zimbabwe, it's payment restrictions. Like not having PayPal um, is, is a big problem, but you know the the, the USD prepaid cards have have, uh, have kind of made it easier. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, e-commerce is. Yeah, but that's why that's why I was saying. I mean, where there's problems, there's opportunity. Like especially now, if you look at Zim, uh, especially after the eco cash is no longer there. I mean, right now it's sort of a, a real problem uh, for for me to transact with someone in Zimbabwe in terms of US dollars, you know? Yeah. So I think FinTech is also, I mean, you look at what's happening with uh, Flutterwave uh, in Nigeria, yeah. the first African unicorn. I was just uh, seeing somewhere whereby people can now actually pay via PayPal uh, in Africa. I don't know which African countries, but they were saying in Nigeria, some African countries, people can pay uh, from Flutterwave, uh -huh. you know? 
So this is this is big. This is big news for Africa. This is big news going going forward. Because look, even from this end, they're trying even to remove uh, people from going into the banks to remove the whole banking system. So this obviously is going to be something that was uh, travel has been restricted, especially because of COVID. So we need to do more online transactions than ever before. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Flutwave, I think Flutwave is Nigeria, Zambia, Kenya, and another country. It's four that were mentioned that I can remember from the, 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 ah, okay. the report. Um, you know, it's sad that Zim was excluded, but you know, uh, yeah, we were kind of used to it by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, with, with time, I think... Um, Sometimes it just takes time. We just need to be ready for when our time comes. We should not just complain. That's what I think. Because at some point when the opportunity comes, we, we don't need to start saying, ah, what should I do? What should I do? You should be ready already. Yeah, sure. Even with, with your cash like dramatically reduced, I think the, the banking sector has to like kind of sort of take the lead and be like, yeah, you know what? We kind of have the opportunity we need now to 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 move forward um but that means that well there's this uh reserve bank of zimbabwe uh fintech sandbox that that, that that's un, that's ongoing um although you know the one big gripe we didn't we i had with it personally was the exemption of cryptocurrencies but in 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 on the whole it's a good thing because it then allows these traditional financial institutions as well as the regulatory body to then experiment and see you know what they could possibly do in the area of, of, of fintech more competition as well is needed because if we get more competitors with people like eCash, it makes it better for everyone um and you can then now start sourcing solutions from other places so true people are trying to innovate around it but innovating around is is um in, in saying it is easy in practice it's it's a it's just a distance like the distance will, will weigh you but if your idea is good and um and your 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 plan of execution your product is, is solid uh, and you can build upon it, and you've already got plans to do so. I think, yeah, we can. As Zim, we, as you said, shouldn't complain. We should just work. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you know what? Uh, um, I've also learned something uh, that sometimes government policy is shift is changed by the innovation of the idea. Sometimes you push government to change and to accept the reality of what you are doing on the ground. You know, you look at the advent of organizations like Amazon, you know, the way Amazon just went all out and all the governments and uh, had, they couldn't dictate to them. They had to change because this was now, it, it was going to happen with, the, with or without you. So we need to have those kind of ideas that are revolutionary in whatever we are doing. And one thing I like, you know, especially about young Zimbabwean entrepreneurs is that they are dealing with problems every day, you know. And I say this with the most respect because I've been there before. You are dealing with a situation where every day in your life there's a problem that you need to solve. So you find that we have people who are very sharp at thinking. What we might just lack is the technical know-how, the innovation in terms of uh, how do we then digitalize what we are doing. So for me, it's very important to be having these tech hubs, especially in Zimbabwe. We are also... Uh, finalizing an agreement with the University of Zimbabwe in in terms of working with their hub as well at the, at the UZ. And this is something that we've been trying to push, you know, in terms of having uh, real solid tech developers, innovators, because as much as we have ideas, without the development side, without the digital side, we, we won't go far. Through that. Well, um, well hopefully, um, you know, uh, Deutsche Connect will, will forge ahead, I guess, with, um, you know, hubs locally, uh, like Karate Tech Hub, for example, and the bank is ABC Hub, the old mutual hubs. I think if you have more of those, um, you know, um, targeting different things, I know they're, 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 they're quite a number, I just mentioned a few, but I think more of those would then be able to attract, because Zim has got a lot of developers, a lot of entrepreneurs, and bringing those people together is not always the easiest thing to do. Um, because sometimes the business person, uh, and I'm just saying this as a general term, might think they can do it on their own, have the idea they can work it on their own. Um, sometimes they think they need just the, the technical guy for the technical aspects, but it's 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 a give and take. So in designing the product, you 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 learn as much as you uh, as you as you teach with 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 like what you said with the CTO or the chief technical officer, because you might have an idea, for example, of of a product X, but in designing it, the CTO might say, but why don't we configure it and work it like this? and do it like that, then that back and forth, I think, helps create a, a, a more robust uh, product offering. I think hubs should now be bringing those people together 
uh, you know, the, 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 the developers who don't know their own skill. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you know, who know, who know how to do their work, but are not business inclined and business yeah. people who are looking for people who can work on the technical aspects. So I think the one way to bridge that, you would like what you said, you know, like earlier on, you said, you know, um, you need the, you need to be able to bring your idea into the digital sphere. I think there needs to be a mediator and, uh, yeah, I think if more hubs are open to be able to bring those people together, you know. I want to give you an example of something that uh, I was involved in recently. Um, we had, like I told Berlin Startup uh, Academy, we are entrepreneurs, yeah, or we are moving to startups. Then there are these guys, let's say, for example, this is uh, another institute of technology. These are just coders. They are not entrepreneurs. They are coders. So what we then did was we went uh, to them, like 10 of us, we went and pitched to these coders that this is what, uh, this is my idea. I want to have like a mentorship platform whereby someone in Zimbabwe can be able to find a mentor in Germany. Then the platform must do this, 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 all that, yeah? Right. So these, these coders now were then made to choose the projects that they wanted to work on, right. yeah? So I've given them the idea, I've given them the you know, the framework, then they put that idea into an MVP, right. something I would never be able to do or something that would have been very expensive for me to do by myself. Right. Yes. So now it's no longer myself. It's now me. And if it's one code, it's the two coders and these other two coders, they become the co-founders with myself. Right. And we've built something already together. And this would be something that would have taken you 10 months or 11 months could be done over one month. Right. So for me, I mean, I, after that event, I actually also tagged uh, the guys from the Ignition Hub, uh, the guys from the 8 to 5 Hub. This is something that I think can be implemented easily in Zimbabwe because we do have uh, coders in Zimbabwe. Then on the side, we also have entrepreneurs with ideas. So we imagine we get these people together and we build uh we found something different uh, startups that we found we found based on that. So this is also a challenge that I'm just giving out. Sometimes we need to get the ecosystem together and work together. Collaborations, you look at all these big companies, sometimes we see one person at the end of the day, but they never started as one person. They started as a lot of people joined together. Yeah. But over time, people also come out of it. But what would have been birthed would have been bigger than the individual. Uh, thanks for coming, Comrade. Uh, if, if we continue, yes. we'll spend six hours here. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm already late for I've got a mentorship uh, program that I'm supposed to have done. Ah. And, uh, but no, it was, I mean, it was nice. Uh, thanks a lot for having me, bro. Yeah, and uh, please remind me about the Berlin partner. I think this will be very good for your viewers as well. All right. I will do. Thanks for coming, Comrade. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers.